so beautiful, so beautiful. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the name of the one. Hosanna. Yesterday, there was a handful of faithful folks who gathered in this place and took the palms that we had been provided and we sat together and with those palms we made palm crosses so that they might be available for the blessing and the sharing with our brothers and sisters today. It was a wonderful time of fellowship and conversation and one of the things that was really interesting was we had a new friend uh, join us named David. He's been attending Resurrection for the first time on Wednesday evenings with the Unbinding series. And he came and he brought his family with him which included two uh, young teenagers. And we were making these crosses, and we got into a conversation about why are we making these crosses, and what's the deal with the palms? And we were describing the fact that this part of our, our Holy Week, this part of our faith journey is one in which uh, we understand that we come from a tradition, an ancestry, where the peoples would proclaim the victorious, the holy, the royalty, the kings, those that were ruling, they would proclaim allegiance and celebrate them by waving palms and laying the palms on the ground before them. The symbolism was powerful and very connected to a deep, deep history of this is the one that we lift up, this is the one that we proclaim. And so when we sing these songs and we wave the branches, what we are doing is following in that line of proclamation. And yet we're doing that with a little bit of a twist. As we fold the crosses out of the palms, we're doing something that is actually very subversive, very shocking. This one that we stand in heritage proclaiming is one who came in triumph into Jerusalem indeed. And yet, as we stand here, as we gather here, this Sunday, on Palm Sunday, celebrating, we know that we are also going to celebrate next Sunday, on Easter, something even more wonderful, a risen Christ, a resurrected life, one who brought life in the face of death. Yes, amen, much to celebrate. And even so, as we stand and gather here in this place, we realize that there are days in between this Sunday and next, indeed. That this is the beginning of Holy Week. And that the journey from this triumphant waving of the palms to our celebratory proclamation of life in the face of death next Sunday, what stands between then and now is what? Betrayal and human failing, fear even to the point of departing, abandoning. We know that what stands between here and there is imprisonment, crucifixion, and death. What a strange faith journey we make when we follow the one of the cross. And so when we make our palm crosses, we're acknowledging all of that, that the journey is all of that, that it is 
a mix, a holy mix, and thank God for God. We are gathered here as we depart the desert, right? We are here at the end of our Lenten journey. Many of us have been really journeying this Lent, have we not? Really trying to understand what would it mean for 40 days to journey in some form of wilderness? Where might we be willing to go to draw near to relationship with God in a new way? What discomfort, what challenges, what fears might we be willing to confront and wrestle with so that we might experience a deeper faith and come to realize truly our lives are held and held up and uplifted in the hands of God? Yes, many of us have been doing this over these 40 days. We've been doing it, many of you, through the Unbinding series, right? Reading this book and doing these prayer practices and gathering and sharing that. There are many among us who haven't been doing it quite that way, but have been doing our own personal practices of devotion and exploration, choosing to commit ourselves to the desert for 40 days. And here we are, the last Sunday in Lent. Hallelujah, the desert is done! How many of you are ready to be done fasting, ready to be done praying for everybody, ready to be done with all that trying to get close to God? All right, come on, be honest. Some of you are thinking, oh, I'm looking forward to that macaroni and cheese. I'm looking forward to my first cup of coffee in over a month. Right? Kind of. The thing is, you know, it's a mixed journey, this thing we do, all of it, all of it. And so we go into Lent, and how many of you did experience some moments of awakening, some moments of God drawing near, some moments of triumph, some moments of being changed and moved, something where you said, wow, wow, this stuff really works, right? How many, some, yeah? And I, I too, I did too. But there are also moments, I don't know if this happened for you, it probably has not. But for me, there were moments where, you know, even though I committed that I was only going to eat food that Jesus could eat, Jesus ate a couple chocolate chip cookies. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and there are those moments where part of my devotion, I failed in my practice. There are those moments where even though I was really committing to making time and space for God in a particular way, there are times where I chose to watch Criminal Minds <laughs> instead of read my devotional material. And that's okay. Because what it did was it called forward to me still something which has grown me and challenged me and opened me and called me forward and gave me something to stretch and learn with. I'm just a human being, right? So this whole process that we go through, it's about what? We are human beings in relationship with the divine being. What does that mean? We've been doing this for this unbinding series all the way through. And we came right at the beginning, six weeks ago, I was standing here saying, who me? <laughs> what? Who us? This? And the whole thing was about let's get real. Let's get real with our relationship with God. Let's get real with who we are as people of faith, and let's let that get real in us as we start to be open to sharing that 
real, in real time, with real people, what would that look like? That was the beginning, right? And so then we've had all these different sermon series talking about like falling in love with God through prayer and what is that to let the Spirit pray through us? And then in our relationships, what is it to let God move in our relationships and form our relationships with ourselves, with God, with the church, and with people beyond the church? What would happen then? How would that be transforming our lives and the lives around us? And how do we actually do that work? Well, the more God comes in, we sit down and just like Jesus did, one at a time, one relationship at a time, one conversation at a time, we're just open to the spirit happening and helping lead us into authentic spiritual sharing that transforms and changes everything. And when that happens, the spirit moving through prayer and relationships and one-on-one connections, where do we end up? Well, last week, we ended up at the entrance to the tomb, right? And the challenge being, here you are, you're journeying of faith, here it's gonna bring you to the edge of the tomb. Now, will you go the distance and roll away the stone? so that new life can come forward, even where you think that's impossible to have happen. That's the challenge, right? So that's what we did. Even could we be open to miracles, even if they're a little bit stinky, even if the smell of death is a little bit hard, because new life will always triumph. And so here we are, so here we are, right? So this is it, wrapping it up. Where are we? Palm Sunday. We are literally at a crossroads. We are on the road to the cross. We are at a crossroads. And we find ourselves in the scripture where? In the boat with Peter out on the stormy seas. How many of you know the story? Out on the stormy seas. Come on, you all know the story. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. If you had more faith, you wouldn't have gotten all wet. You'd just stay high and dry. So that's the goal here. People, have enough faith so you will stay high and dry, right? Is that the story? I'm not sure. I think we might have missed the boat with that one. All right, then. Okay, I told you, criminal minds, you know. I'm not all the way there yet. Okay, so where are we? Our scripture says... Immediately, Jesus sends them out into the boat, made them get in the boat, and sent them on the way to the other side. Jesus immediately made the disciples get in the boat and sent them to the other side. That is some strong language. Hi, people, that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. At the crossroads, where Jesus says, your disciples, hmm? get in the boat and go to the other side. Interesting. So what's that mean? We get to look at the scripture and explore that a little. We get to see what happens when Jesus does that in our lives. And we get to see interesting things. Like for one, a couple things we might note. Do you think Jesus knew that the sea was going to get stormy? Yeah, I would think so, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think that Jesus kind of knew it. And even if Jesus didn't kind of know it, it does say that he was on the shore and he did see that the boat was getting battered. So Jesus put them in a boat and sent them intentionally into the stormy seas. 
And then Jesus went on the mountain and stayed there. Do you think he knew it was going to be stormy overnight? Yeah, he comes in the morning. (laughs) So he intentionally sends them out onto the stormy seas. That's one thing we might notice. Another thing we might notice is that he comes to them even though they're not calling for him. They are not seeking him. They are not looking for him. And even when they see him, they do not recognize him. But he comes. He comes. That's another thing we might notice. And when he does come, he does not tell Peter to get out and walk on water. In fact, we might notice that that is entirely Peter's idea. Entirely. Peter, in the midst of the craziness that he's experiencing, sees the presence of Jesus walking on the water and doesn't say, wow, ah, fall down and worship. He starts telling Jesus what to do. So we might just notice that in the midst of his craziness, Peter says, oh good, glad you're here. Here's what I want you to do to prove that you're really you and that you're really doing what you're doing. Here's what you need to tell me to do so I can do it. Sound familiar? Okay, maybe just to me, but. All right, so we just might notice that. And then we might notice how well it worked. Okay, enough said there. And then uh, we might notice that the storm is still happening until what point? Right. Not till all the disciples can walk on water, but when they invite him into the boat. When they stop trying to walk on water and invite Jesus into the boat. That's when everything calms down. All right. So, where are we again? Right, here we are. So, this is something that we might just notice and think about. I'm going to suggest that we have three different kinds of storms that we are likely to encounter on this journey with Jesus. Three storms that Jesus pretty much knows that we're in for, because we've already agreed he gets that the storms are happening, and he's sending us on the journey. So, there's a couple different kinds of storms I would lift up. One storm I might call like weather changes kind of storms. Storms that happen because the circumstances start to change and the seas start to react to the change in the environment. Changes are happening all around and so the seas start to go up and down. Just weather changes. The choppy movement that comes in response to the fact that stuff is happening around. That's all. Weather is changing. Cold front, warm front, rain, hail, whatever it is. You know what, people? Stuff is happening here. Lots of stuff is happening here. I don't know if you've noticed. There's all sorts of things. The weather has been changing around here. People have been praying more. Stuff has been happening in people's lives as we've been praying more. People are leaving. People are coming. People are having new awarenesses. It is happening. Feel the waves? All right. Weather changes. That storm, it happens. And what happens frequently when those storms happen is we start to think, oh my goodness, something's wrong here. We're going the wrong way. This isn't what we're supposed to be. Something's wrong here. And what does that mean? We have forgotten Who told us to get in the boat? We have forgotten who created the very seas we travel. We have forgotten the one who is the author of the path itself. We have forgotten. This is God's business we're in. 
all good. And we have a second storm that we might encounter. And the storm I'm going to call something more along the lines of, hmm, I have to check my notes because I can't remember. <laughs> we, got the, we got the weather changes. Oh, yes. Very, uh, very Freudian slip here. Navigating new seas. All right? <laughs> Navigating new seas. So we get into some stormy weather because it's a place we've never been before and we didn't know that that's a stormy part of the ocean. We just didn't know. We've never been there before. We've liked our little bay area right here. It's real calm and glassy and isn't that beautiful? That's what we like. But something has happened where we are deciding to chart some new territory. So we're heading out into uncharted seas and lo and behold, it is stormy out there. We didn't know it. All of a sudden, we don't see familiar shore anymore. In fact, we're trying to figure out where we are even because the sky even looks different out here. We're seeing stuff we've never seen before. In fact, it is making us rethink some of what we used to think and believe, some of the ways we used to chart our path. We're getting nervous. Nothing here is adding up quite the way we're used to. I am not so sure I want to go where I'm headed What's going to be there? What tends to come up in those kind of storms, those new charting territory storms, is we start to feel like, oh, God's not going to be there. God's back there on that shore. God is in that nice, calm bay. That's where God is. And we are far away. And we forget that God is always in the new place. God is always in the new place. God, well, first of all, there's nowhere God is not, but we'll just put that down. But secondly, you know, God is in the new place. We are worshiping a God of resurrection, of new life, of the one that brings new things constantly into being. This is a God in the new place. God has already charted those waters. It's all good. And lastly, we might encounter this kind of storm. It's the storm that isn't one. Just a little old chop. But we're making a big deal out of it, and we're calling it a storm. Darn it. It's a storm. Now, Jesus, I'd really like to talk to you. I'd really like to listen to you. I'd really like to get on the path with where you're going, but I'm really busy right now because i got a lot of stuff going on. There's all these other things. When it gets all calm in here, then I'll get back with you because i got storms going on. i got to work out this, and I have this mission over here, and I have this other project I'm working on, and If you would just listen to me, child, I will remind you that I already told you what's happening, and I will give you the call. You'll know what to do. You'll know what to let go of. See, in these kinds of storms, the storms I make myself, it's usually because I forget that God has called me for a purpose, that God has called me and is calling me. God has called you, is calling you, God has called us and is calling us for a purpose. God's got it. Shh. All we need to do is just calm down and listen. It's all good. These are the three storms that are likely to happen. Why? Because they all foster our practice of spiritual faith. When Jesus says to Peter, I know it is hard, that practice of spiritual faith. And what happens in, in the midst of it is we will often do like Jesus and Peter, the little dance between them, right? We're out there, Jesus is coming, we can't see, we can't recognize, because we're so busy in it. 
ah, oh, that's a ghost. That's an image from the past. I, I, I'm, I'm freaked out. I can't even see what's present and that it is the presence of Christ approaching me. Right? That's, that's something that often will happen for us as disciples. Okay? And then what will often also happen is that even when Jesus gets near, we're so busy telling what's supposed to happen that we can't even hear what Jesus just said to us, which is, take heart. I'm here with you. Don't be afraid. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, really, take heart. I am with you. Don't be afraid. We can't even hear that sometimes. And so by the time we're so busy putting our plans into action to try and control our response to all the storms, and by the time we're out there thinking we have to walk on water in order to prove our faith, that's when Jesus is saying to us, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? See, he's not saying, why did you doubt you could walk on water? Jesus doesn't care that we walk on water, people. That's not one of the things that Jesus tends to tell us to do, walk on water. Those are our ideas. Okay? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt that I would come to you? Why did you doubt so much you couldn't even see me? Why did you doubt so much you couldn't even recognize me in the storm itself? Why did you doubt that I could bring you the peace you're looking for so you couldn't even listen to me? A little faith is enough. Jesus isn't knocking the faith. Jesus says repeatedly, all we need is a little faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Jesus repeatedly tells us all we need is a little faith. For Jesus, the issue is not the faith. It's our focus. Are you focusing on your faith? Even if it's little, it's enough. Or are you focusing on the storm? Do you have a faith focus or a storm focus? You focusing on everything you can't control? You focusing on the way that your life is changing and you can't handle it? You focus in on every other little thing so you don't need to get close to me and trust in me? What are you focusing on? Faith focus or storm focus? That's the issue here. And the beautiful thing about it is Jesus says, take heart, come close. Here I am. I'm right here. When we need the help, we can call. Jesus will do it. That's not the problem. All we need to do, though, is remember to invite him in the boat. Once we can invite him in the boat, the seas can calm. And then we can travel that sea, and we can go to those new waters, and we can see what really matters, and we can hear the voice of God. We can practice our faith instead of prove it. We can practice our faith instead of prove it. And in that place, at that crossroads, it will not be easy but it will be an amazing adventure. And I can tell you, I don't know what happens between point A and point B, but I will tell you how the story ends. New life, resurrection, new life, hope, new life, life abundant, life we have never even imagined. Why? Because Jesus is the author of this journey. Let us pray. God, we praise you and we thank you that you know how fully human we are, that you give us companions like Peter, like one another, and you just say, oh, my dear ones, you do not have to try so hard to get to me. I am already here.
God, I ask that you help us hear that over and over, that we do not have to try so hard to get to you, that we simply invite you in the boat because you are already here. Let us entrust to you all that might become part of our path in this journey. Let us trust that you are in the storm, that you are in the waters, you are in the new places, and that you are in our very midst. Let us pray daily. Let us be real with one another. And let us share this faith in the way that only you can have us do. We entrust it to your care and keeping today, and we do so rejoicing, for you are a holy God, and we love you, and we know that you love us. Let us be loved that we might beloved others. In Jesus' name, amen.